Fire! Fetch the buckets! There's smoke coming in under the door! Quickly, we'll have to leave the way we came in. Yarp! Jasper, you help Ada. <laughs> Thank you. Yarp! Jemadai, you're next. One moment. Let me unlock my safe. <laughs> you fool! <laughs> we must go now! <laughs> There's over 500 thrones in there! Five hundred phones to Ada when she's an orphan. Uh, fine, but if you cross me and I'll, I'll. You'll do nothing. The listener and I will be right behind you. Now move. Hello and welcome to the Lark News podcast. Um, this is a uh, continuing in our nations episode. We've now moved on to the orcs, and uh, we're going to have a. This is a second attempt at the episode due to a few technical issues, but we're going to jump straight into it. Chloe, would you please introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do for the Orcs? Uh, my name is Chloe. I play Blood Crow Aurora, who is a young Blood Crow shaman. Um, she is also a winter ritualist and she is part of the First Legion. Oh, and she also pit fights and has a stick that's also her wife. It's a whole thing. Right, right. Sammy? Hello, my name is Sammy. I play Ashbourne Bull. I am the current reigning defending pit fighting champion, and that's pretty much all I do. Nice, nice. Um, we're gonna go. Let's start with history. We tried this before, and now we're, I think we 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 there was a little hesitant at first, but I think this time, Chloe, take it away. Give us the full history. Now you're all clued up on uh, what happened to the orcs and how we well, got to where we are now. Funnily enough, since we started talking about it, suddenly my brain's like, oh my god, I remember everything! I think this is, honestly, I think this is a thing, though, right? It's, we haven't LARPed in such a long time that, yeah. that you, your brain has to kind of, like, shift back into that gear sometimes. So, um, yeah, apologies if sometimes we sound a little bit rusty, but I think that little warm-up, actually, has done us a lot of good. So, yeah, without further ado, Chloe, tell us the history of the Orcs. So, again, like, it's been a while, but my sort of, like, rough memory of it, and I guess it's what Aurora would know is kind of the way that I, I look at it, is that the orcs originally were barbarian tribes surrounding the area where the human lived in, humans lived in, and I believe this was at the time where the Empire was a thing. However, there are only eight nations, not the ten that we have now, and they basically stole orcs from the barbarian tribes and took them as slaves. And then the slaves were like, actually, this is a bit crap. I'm kind of fed up with this. And started a massive rebellion. And there was two rebellions. One, I believe, was in the north and one was in the south. And that's why we've got the two separate legions is to do with that. And like the northern orcs sort of went off into uh, everybody was like scarcened that way. And then the other orcs went south, which was the second legion. Um, and then I believe the reason we came back and were like, actually, we want to be part of the empire is because when we try to go back to the barbarian tribes they were like no you're not one of us anymore you're you're one of them like we don't want anything of you so we went back and i believe it was a brass coast emperor or empress that helped us become part of the nation Sammy, what, what is that how, how would you rate yeah, no, that's 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 pretty much how i would throw it down um <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot more nitty-gritty stuff within there uh deals were made brokered and you know you had people like Thrace uh, and mm-hmm. all these other juicy history things. To be fair, uh, I had to sit down and read a lot of it a couple of months ago. It's definitely worth a read, but Chloe's kind of summary of it there is 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 pretty spot on. 
Yeah, as with as with most nations, the history is dense. There is a wiki that is um, intimidatingly large and is almost impossible for anyone to to single handedly read it. So there's a lot out there to look into. But I think that's a really nice overview and kind of setup for kind of where the orcs are now as a kind of uh, nation uh, empire. Um, so what's it like being an orc? Let's let's start there. Like let's let's go for that. Amy, do you want to go first this time? Because I spoke first last time. Uh, of course. Thank you very much for being so gracious. <laughs> um, uh, being an orc, it's sweaty. Um, <laughs> that's... <laughs> yeah. Thing. It's sweat. Yeah. Uh, if you ever want to, like, lose weight in a healthy way, uh, put on an orc outfit and run around a field all weekend, you will come back lighter than you, you, you went there. Um yeah. It's, you know, before I started Empire, I was always told that uh, by playing an orc, it's playing hard mode because you naturally put yourself on the back foot by putting a latex mask on your face and covering yourself in furs. So it's uh, it's a difficult uh, mindset to get in. But once you're there, once you meet everyone and you kind of start building friendships, it's, it's one of the most rewarding characters to play. I feel like that uh, mask is like a double-edged sword, right? Like, one, it's going to be sweaty as hell under there the entire time. On the other hand, it's like it, it can give you distance from who you're talking to, right? Like, and help you RP, I could imagine. putting. On, it certainly does when I'm putting it on to go monster, let me put it that way. I... I I think it's different for everybody, you know, because a lot of people like I I'm a really good example actually. I used to suffer with like crippling social anxiety when I came to the Orcs, and I want to say that was like three or four years ago, which was a long time ago. Um, and for me, the mask really helped. But now, as I've sort of grown up and I've I've kind of dealt with a lot of those uh, issues, I found that the mask kind of just helps me amplify everything. Like it becomes a tool, and it kind of helps me like. You know, if I don't look like my face, so no one knows who I am underneath, it's so much easier to be this crazy little orc who is absolutely crazy and just on another level of weird because it's not actually my face they're looking at. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense for me. And like, I think as well, like, you know, I was, it's weird. I kind of forget I'm wearing it sometimes. I go to the bathroom, look in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, oh, it's, I'm just me. I'm just dressed as an orc. It's fine. Like, I think you, it kind of helps you get into it. But then there are moments where you'll be on running around the field and you're there, like, my face is all water. I hate this. Well, do you, oh, oh, is there any like mask advice? Like, talc? Is that just asking for trouble? I, do you know what I just thought of is that episode of Friends where Ross with his leather trousers <laughs> tries to use talc. That's how I imagine talc in an orc mask going. Is it like, what is there any advice? I, I don't know, to be honest. I think it depends. Like I've got like the world's smallest head. So every single mask like fits me fine. And because there's, there's wiggle room. Like I know a few a few people that have got like longer hair wear like balaclavas, so it stops sticking to the hair. Like obviously I used to have really, really long hair and I used to get Andy to um French braid it so it would sit out of my way. But then some people shave their head before the event because that's easier for them. Um, I'm not sure about talcum powder because I know certain things can eat the latex. Like I, I originally got my mask from Mandala like four years ago, and it, it's it's in pretty good condition. But whatever I was using to clean my face with has gotten onto my mask and it started to eat away at the latex. So I'm not sure about that. I know you definitely shouldn't use hairspray to fix your makeup. That can damage the latex. But again, it's it's different. Each mask is made differently. Like I think 
everyone's got their like personal tips so I don't want to speak for everybody in that sense like I don't know Sammy if you've got any tips with your mask minds just like make sure I clean it all the time um I mean I got when I first when I first bought uh Bull's face I was told that'll last you two years maximum and I was like oh man that's that's quite a lot to drop because masks are actually quite expensive oh god yeah they're so expensive um and I was like oh you know what I really want to play this character so you know what I'm just gonna throw the money down and I was super paranoid um, for the longest time. And I was super careful with it and everything like that. But it's inevitable that it's it's going to be damaged. It's going to break. Um, and there is actually, there's some people out there who can actually fix them for you. Like I've had uh, the bottom part around the neck. I've had that reinforced because that started to go. Um, uh, one of the things I, I guess my personal tip is at the end of the day, turn your mask inside out. Oh, definitely, yeah. And let it dry out that way. Mm. Um, oh, interesting. I didn't even think of that. It's because the thing is, you don't want to start. You don't, for one, you don't want to leave it inside out, lying on the floor of your tent, because it's just not going to be nice in the morning. Um, and also, when you wake up, you can put on a nice fresh mask that is dry. So, yeah, that's kind of my little tip. But I've, I bought mine at um, uh, LARPCon last year before the pandemic started so i've got it and i haven't had an opportunity to use it yet but um i was gonna i'm kind of i need to figure out whether i'm gonna put in little uh glasses holes in it or not i don't know whether that's a good idea or not but um yeah i'm still trying to figure out what i'm gonna do with that i mean it's 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 really fun like i it sounds really weird but i i, I love i love having the masks because it allows everyone to be very creative because you'll look at masks and you can tell who's been there for that who's their first event because usually their masks fall at the same so when mm -hmm. i first started there was four people with the same face mm -hmm. because we'd all bought mandala ones yeah uh, and then immediately after so the second event suddenly everyone looked different because <laughs> people would put face paint on yeah. or, like um or people would put glasses or people would add like crowns or people would add jewelry or piercings and it's interchangeable really that's cool i i actually have one of the most like common masks i've got the mandala i believe it's the rogue mask mm. it's the one that's and i'm gonna say this with air quotes suggested for women i think that's rubbish but it was something i was told when i bought my mask at the time and um I knew kind of a lot of people had it at the time because I used to play Windsmarker before I came and I kind of got friendly with the Orcs before I came over. So I stuck hair to my mask and then braided loads of dreads in and then I now have a massive mound of dreads on my hair. So I feel like doing that makes me look so different compared to someone who's got the same mask with no hair. No, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, right. uh, I think that's kind of, I think that's cool though. And it must be like hearing you talk about like your mask having a lifetime is kind of, must be kind of scary because I, I suppose it, that's your face, right? Like if your mask is busted, then then what? It, it, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like your character yeah. is so connected to that face that you develop I, over time. Uh, I think if my mask like broke or when it does break, I'm going to buy the same mandala mask and have the same face. Whereas like there have been cases where someone's bought like a, a mask from someone and it's not lasted very long. And then they've gone and bought a mask from a different vendor. So obviously their face looks different. Yeah. Right. Uh, 
but there's no like rules in it like, you don't have to buy the same mask again just for me personally like I would do that because I have that connection to that face but then for some other people they've done that and like they find it that that mask was more comfortable and it suited their character better and things like that so like it is weird it's almost like it's weird because you get very personally attached to your kit anyway um like I, I made a lot of my kit as well so I'm like extremely attached to it um and so like I feel like the mask is like it just gets like this really strange weird personal thing that you get like really like well me me anyway at least you get kind of like really like protective of and you're like yeah that's that's my face whereas like I don't know it might not be the same for some people but like me personally I'm like it's another limb of my body my mask mm-hmm. that maybe sound well weird no 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 no, no. <laughs> I, 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 that doesn't sound I, I definitely that's I, um, uh, maybe that sounds weird to other people but I'm that far in now that that sounds perfectly reasonable to me I fully understand what you're talking about and yeah. I actually find that's like a, I think that's pretty cool um, it's interesting I remember um, we were rushing to put on our tattoos because we had woke up late to go to battle or something whatever the dumb reason was um, as a, any good Navarre should do is wake up late and then rush down to the battle um, but the uh, I remember being like no it has to be my tattoos have to be right, dude. You know what I mean? Like, don't <laughs> we got to get if it isn't, it goes left, not right. And it goes straight under my eye. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it was like yeah. to the point of being very, very panicky about it. So um, I can only imagine what it must be like with the mask and the kind of connection that you have with that um, in mask. Let's face it. Masks in general are a, um, a fascinating device in, in loads of different cultures anyway, right? And and, and mm-hmm. different cultures? Well, that, that sounds te- that sounded awful. I mean, all cultures um, have, have kind of masks, right? So... I mean, even in uh, even in Empire, you've got the... Is it the Brass Ghost Festival? It's like Halloween? And they all... It, no, it's it not. It's, it's the League, yeah. It's, is it the oh, my God. Today? I knew an answer to something. Yes. Say, very heavy on masks, guys. <laughs> yeah, and like there's this a wholly different like thing on why they wear masks. I know obviously in character we're not wearing masks, but it just shows mm. you like how much that translates if like it's starting to leap in like a uh, leap leak into the game that way. Yeah. There was um there's a there's it makes me think of um in the Planet of the Apes, right? Like there's a they were filming the Planet of the Apes and everyone got given randomly assigned ape masks, okay? And then during lunch, all the gorillas would sit with the gorillas and the orangutans would sit with the orangutans. I think, like, our dress is something that really, uh, you know, be that with the Navari tattoos or um, with with other... uh, All the nations have their signifiers, but I think a mask is an incredibly strong one to really create a bond between between your forces, right, as a nation. It's It's quite a small nation as well, isn't it, the orcs? Uh, I mean, last time we checked it was, but like, even in the time that I've been, I've watched it like maybe double or even triple in size. Yeah, I think when I when I first came along, when I think it was maybe like two events after you, Chloe, uh, I think we were pushing like about 70 people. And at least the last event I remember being on like 110. Maybe yeah, almost. yeah, it's insane. And, and it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see as well, because, like, I, I do think, like, and I mean, I started LARPing when I was 20, and now 25, pushing on 26, so I've been doing it for a while now, when I first came to LARP, I played a windsmarker and got brought along by a friend, and I didn't really know anything, and I just sort of turned up and was like, oh, you LARP, um, and then... Uh, I kind of more I got into it the more I was like I really want to go be an orc but it seems really hard and they're all really intimidating because they all look so so good and 
you know, the wearing the mask was really scary. And I think I took that plunge and I was like, I am never leaving this nation ever again. Like if I die, I'm re-rolling as an orc and that's it. I, this is it. This is my nation. Mm. I, I think there's, I think there's something really special about the orcs at empire and, um, just having them on the field is something that really adds something to the entire ambiance of uh, of Anvil and an Empire event. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about. Oh, actually, that reminds me. I... Kids, right? Like, um, orcs have a thing things. about. Well, <laughs> they're small people. Um, oh, that's what they are. Who haven't right. been around as long as larger people usually. So the, uh, um, yeah, so. I remember, like the the cutest thing at Empire is seeing little kids interacting with orcs because it's like all the orcs are like set on like really nice to kid mode all the time. Whenever I see them at Empire, um, that's because that's in our brief. Uh, right. Our brief is to be yeah. nice to to little kids and to be friendly, and you know, it's to, the kind of idea that uh, if there's an orphan or anything like that, we can take them in and look after them as as one of our own. So it's it's kind of a built-in thing that we will go down and we will do a lesson uh, with yeah, the kids yeah. or the kids will come up and watch the pit fights and stuff like that. It's just a built-in thing for us as characters that, that we are. Are you, I, the kids come along to the pit fights? Yeah, oh, I yeah. I got I got my ass handed to me by a very tiny Varushkin girl whose name I believe was Trash Panda. Yep, Trash Panda uh and she absolutely whooped my ass and she was amazing and you know did i let her win who knows every time i i see this little girl now i'm always like hello how are you and like aurora is friends with a little version girl because she like like it's just again like sammy's saying it's part of the brief but i also think as well like you take away from part of that and if you think as an as an adult a child could be very scared of you if they don't really know what's going on well, and so like it's better than the brief that, it's better than the brief being the other way around, right? Like that. Yeah, <laughs> like imagine. all orcs have to go it's around scaring children. kids. Like Jesus, I, imagine. Yeah, I think as well. Like it, 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 it. Children at LARP already are probably very imaginative because they're in a LARP situation. But I think like it could be very scary for children. So I think if you put kind of say, "Hey, look, we're friends," and like you know, it's all good. Like that's really positive for them. But again, going back to the whole them coming to the pit biting thing, like I think the kids are also really fascinated by orcs because they're so different. And they're just uh, like, whoa. Well, that's why you have like mascots, right? And like kids, I always talk to my friends about when they have little kids about when they their kids meet mascots. I'm like, do they know it's a mascot or do they think it's real, right? And that blurring between real and imaginary is so so strong when you're a kid. Yeah. Uh, Sammy, I I like the way that you uh, when they when you said trash panda, you sounded like like within re uh, uh, reverence of it like it's a real name that you uh you respect in the uh the pit fighting scene oh yeah no trash panda is definitely one of uh the tippy top of uh oh, yeah. fighters. she's she's a little queen <laughs> like eight time i don't know like i like the way in wwe that is like the more times you win a title the better it is and i love yeah. that as a concept so you can win it like 30 times or whatever it's so good um yeah like it's one of those things that we try and encourage like uh you know when people come and watch the pit and want to be a part of it when they're kids and stuff like that because it's also our chance uh to teach them a big part of our culture uh not only from the more physicality side of it but also from the spirituality 
side. I was okay. I was gonna hold off talking about pit fighting till like late on. I had in my mind like, oh, like the last bit we'll talk about pit fighting. But let's just get straight into it because I am, I'm fascinated. Right? I haven't seen it yet. All I've heard is like the yelling because the Navarre uh, camp is uh, in the woods with where the Orcs camp. So from a distance, I can see into the camp. And I could kind of see a, a, a pit fight going on, but I've never seen one up close. Like, please talk me through it. Um, talk me about like an OC point of view. Then, uh, sorry, an IC point of view. Then talk to me about like an OC how it actually works. Like, I'm I'm fascinated. Please, please tell me everything. Sammy, do you want to cover the pit fighting side, and I'll cover the spiritual shaman side since you know yeah. way more about this than me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you want to go for the spiritualist side first? Uh, okay, yeah. So obviously, uh, orcs have ancestors, and most orcs only hear their ancestors in times of sort of like intense emotion. So like fear or anger or adrenaline and obviously pit fighting it'll get your adrenaline up it'll get your fear up you get really up in your in your feels and then you hear your ancestors and for some people they kind of need that clarity or they need to kind of hear from their ancestors because there's something troubling them um and shamans which is obviously what aurora is i play we hear the ancestors all of the time and then so when we get really emotional all of the voices get louder and more intense and they kind of do that to like almost i mean this is just from aurora's point she does it to kind of ground herself a little bit so there's a lot of sort of like it's it's almost i guess the best way i've ever heard described it the pit is like our church okay it's okay. a very okay. spiritual let me just, place let me just go into that a little bit because that's yeah really interesting like do you so when you're rping this are you do you say what you're hearing? Like, are you possessed or do you no, translate no. what people are saying? Like, how, so, how does that work? It, okay, so everyone experiences their ancestors differently. A really, really good example is some people are very vocal when they are sort of like really up in the ancestor zone. Uh, Aurora isn't. Aurora is known for being incredibly quiet and very internal with a lot of these things. So, like, a good example is there was a effect that was put on us a few events ago and it meant that we could hear the ancestors a lot and a lot of the yeah yeah. and a lot of the other shamans were getting very angry and very aggressive and and fighting and kicking off and Aurora was just sat in the corner having a little cry just because that's how she deals with things so it's not like you're possessed it's like it's like you've got a bluetooth earpiece in Mm. and you can hear it like your nan sitting next to you just chatting on right like... yeah but you can't reply to the ancestors you can only hear them and it's up to oh, that's you that's some bullshit so you don't even get to yeah, like no um, it's really a one-way that... phone line what's the uh is it the sixth sense or whatever the one with the little kid and bruce willis so you can't even talk back that's kind no, of lame it, it is purely that and i think like like again like i don't want to assume everybody because everyone plays their characters differently i'm just kind of going off my personal experience here like for Aurora, like sometimes she'll use it to like ground herself because like she's going a bit crazy because she constantly has voices in her head and like sometimes she like the line between like what's real and what isn't slips for her. And so like the pit really like helps her kind of like rein herself back and like be like, yes, no, I am in this moment. Like I am still here. Like some of the things my ancestors are saying are wrong. I shouldn't do those things. They're bad because they're my angry sort of like slave ancestors and they hate humans and I don't hate humans. I like them. And the pit does that for her. So like, I'm not a pit fighter. Oh, sorry. Aurora's not a pit fighter. I'm not either. Um, But she does do pit fights because it's really important for her. Whereas like, again, like there's different reasons why orcs pit fight, but like, it isn't just us beating each other up. Like there's this very deep 
sort of like spiritual meaning to all of it and like I feel like a lot of people don't know that they just think oh it's all, they're all tough they're all fighting it's nothing to do with that at all like it's a little bit it's a little bit about showing you your brawn and stuff but I mean I feel like this is a good way to segue into Sammy's part of the pit which is a whole different side of it as well uh yeah so pit fighting is originally from literally fighting in a pit so when we were slaves uh, we would fight in pits we weren't technically allowed to back in the very beginning of all of it but it was a way to settle arguments a way to settle disputes it wasn't you know the fights weren't to the death they were till someone couldn't stand anymore um and they had to yield um you know you blast forward 60 years you know we are now fighting each other for disputes but also um not not necessarily for the glory because that's a dornish thing we would never fight like that um, obviously uh but what you know what we do is we we're fighting each other to settle disputes to to let the ancestors know we are there to to help bring bring those voices too so it's kind of like it's the best way to put it um you know uh, you need a shaman and you need pit fighting you can't have one without the other so they kind of need each other to be able to work in harmony for everyone to feel those effects of the ancestors coming down and when you're so when you're so a shaman hears the ancestors all the time so when you're making a pot of tea or any of those mm -hmm. stuff you can hear ancestors but for other orcs you might potentially and not this isn't a hard fast rule for everyone while you're in the actual pit itself or under deep stress you will also hear ancestors yeah. is that correct right yeah cool yeah pretty much so if you think of like the pit as an amplifier mm, so like the loud that. the louder you get those crowds to scream and shout and cheer the louder the ancestors have to be to get through to you as a person and it builds up energy it builds up that that aggression to keep on going it's why um a pit fighter will only ever yield if they literally cannot go anymore they're on that brink of of just passing out because all of that all of that feel that that feeling from the ancestors is is hitting them and that's what's keeping them going it's what makes them fight harder in the pit so when you see someone you know getting thrown around and stuff like that it's why you'll see them get back up again and try to keep fighting for as long as they can so and it ha i assume people have different relationships with their ancestors right like uh, or is there a kind of does everyone seek their wisdom like wh what is that relationship kind of like if i'm not touching too much on an icy thing here i don't know to be honest it's it's interesting because I think everybody does definitely have their own way of interpreting the ancestors. And I mean, in, in theory, we, the player, choose our ancestors. and We choose kind of who they are and what they say, like, obviously within reason of being in brief. So like, for example, Aurora, she's a, uh, heavily at battle with hers, but I know a few people who are sort of on the same level as them in a certain way obviously not like the whole kill of the humans stuff not that i mean a lot of the older orcs as well like their ancestors would be very different to like the ancestors that like me and the younger orcs might hear as well at least as far as i'm aware interesting yeah that's cool i don't know sammy what would you say about that viewer anything to add 
Uh, I would just say we all we all we all play it a little bit different. We all hear different things. Some people are very personal. Some people are very you know shouting crazy crap. <laughs> you know, I, people play it differently, um, and that's all what breaks it down to more of an individual thing. Uh, I think that must be that must be quite an intimidating thing for a new player to kind of find their voice effectively um and to see how they interact with those ancestors it's cool though does this manifest itself in battle then uh yeah when the adrenaline's going when when you're fighting hard um it's it kicks in it is genuinely like whenever you think that your body's going to get a hit of adrenaline that's when they're coming that's when they're going to speak to you that's actually the perfect way of explaining it yeah, where as as a non shaman, is literally whenever that adrenaline hits your blood. That's... Well, there's a few there's a few times that you get adrenaline when you're not fighting and you're doing other stuff, which might be a bit awkward to hear your grandma come along and uh, give you advice or whatever. I mean, I've never asked that question, but I've just always assumed that would be how it is. But then I also play a shaman, so I'm getting that left, right, and center anyway, regardless yeah. if I'm having a cup of tea or whatnot. Right, right. It's all a little bit awkward for us, really. We don't tend to talk about that that element. No, yeah, I, I'm embarrassed. I even brought it up. Like, um, it's fine. Uh, okay, remind me to like edit that part out of the podcast, right? So all uh, I can think of is babies for grud now. Oh, babies for grud. Back what in is... the old days, babies for grud. What is babies for grud? Oh my god, Sammy! I... Oh my, god. basically, right? I wouldn't put this in the actual podcast, but. Our old Egregor, who was called Grud, just used to go around saying babies for Grud to try and build the legions. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god. So it's it's the it's the idea of uh, so obviously every nation has an Egregor, and our Egregor is called Grud, and uh, Grud wants to see our nation grow and get bigger. So babies for Grud was pretty much his way. I understand. I understand what you're saying now. It's like a, it's an invitation for people to uh, express themselves with each other uh, to create more babies for the nation. For Grud, yes. For Grud, yeah. Yeah, That hasn't been said said for like ages. I think someone said it to me once when I got married and that was it. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're married. I forgot about that. Yeah, I am. I yes. know. We've been married for like almost two years now. Yeah, congrats. Uh, I got married on Goose Whisper and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, probably not do... the best decision I've made, but uh, I love my husband very much. Um, so yeah. It's, yeah, it's good. I absolutely hate mine, but you know. Oh. Actually, Sammy, should we talk about how like the pit gets used for like rituals and like, the wedding as well? And weddings, yeah. actually, because it's been more yeah. than one. That might be quite a good thing to touch on. Yeah, it's not just it's not just all about the blood and guts uh, and the cheering and things like that. It's also used for spiritualistic style stuff. Uh, I'm not massively a part of that, but I do tend to kind of anything goes on on the pit. I'm just like, what's going on? Like, you know, bopping my, my pit. <laughs> um, I literally like a little chihuahua dog. Like, I'm just thinking I've been around a chihuahua for like the last couple of days. So I'm just imagining my head moving around like that. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much, it's not just blood and guts, it's spiritual side. Marriages happen there, ceremonies mm-hmm. happen there. You also have uh, the more ceremonial fighting as well, but that's mm-hmm. not really what we're going on to now. We're talking about weddings. Chloe, 
You've got <laughs> oh hi I did um well I was gonna quickly nip in before and say that uh like I obviously am in a winter coven we do winter rituals that's kind of my my main jam and um we do do a lot of rituals in the pit because it obviously has that such big spiritual um sort of attachment to us so, like I've done several rituals in the pit and it kind of helps and like it's quite a good place to do it, it kind of gets everything flowing because I don't think we've really gone into this. Can you give an example of what a ritual might look like, right? Like what actions you would take with other people and what generally how you would approach doing a ritual? I can give you an example of a ritual that my coven do. Again, it is so different because the, obviously the briefs with Empire are either really specific or really narrow. There's no in between. Um, and rituals are generally quite, you can do whatever you want as long as it sort of makes sense. So uh, a good example one we do is uh, Clarion Call of Ivory and Dust, which is, I believe, a military buffing unit, not to get sort of too icy with it. And the way we sort of have a little format for rituals, so it's me and then my coven leader, uh, who is Bodkro Satesh, we sort of do the rituals together. And we sort of start off going like, you know, my name is Bloodgro Aurora, I call upon the ancestors to witness me do magic obviously you don't say magic you say whatever you're gonna do yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. you know and then if it's relevant call on call on an eternal if it's not you don't uh so we'll do that we'll call on the relevant people and then we'll like, sort of explain why we're doing the ritual and obviously i practice winter magic and even this might have become knowledge but everything with winter has a price so we sort of discuss that like you know there's a price for this ritual like do you accept that price uh and the person you're you're the hungry lot aren't you um yeah so it's like yeah so our our lineage our lineage is drow gears is the winter one but the way i describe winter magic is it's a very powerful magic but it does always come with a price like nothing is free and the more you want the more it takes um that's how magic should be um yeah all things i like that like the plane of winter is very harsh very scarce but it's very very powerful and like living there is difficult but it kind of has a reward and stuff like that um oh we didn't uh actually mention it but you need a referee there um oh yes sorry i completely That's forgot completely. yes no it's like uh i asked you a question about rp and that was you answered that question yeah I, yeah I, no obviously I, you always need a ritual you always need to have your mana ready beforehand you need to know um your plane of result which is really useful so i've got mine written inside a book like carry yeah. around with me everywhere exactly and um, if you're unsure go and find a referee and talk to them and they'll they're be always super out. super helpful super useful very yeah. friendly people um just, honestly yeah. I, I love how i love i love the idea of them doing that for the weekend as well is they walk around and occasionally people will come up to them and go hey would you mind coming over uh and looking at a ritual for us and then they get to have a front row seat to whatever wacky shit like people are coming up with I, for their rituals i feel like it's a lot of fun um i mean some of our rituals get a bit spicy there's lots of stabbing involved there's some fake blood sometimes uh are we again i'm in navarre we have we have a bunch of blood magic in navarre oh i love a bit of blood magic me although it's slightly frowned upon i'm absolutely about it it's my jam is blood magic yeah it's a navarre (laughs) thing through and through um but yeah and then we'll do the price i don't want to sell what it is i don't want to spoil it for anybody who's not like sooner uh and then um we kind of round up the ritual and i like the price has been paid blah 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 uh you know this is the ritual over you kind of say it's over you dismiss everyone that's like like all the ancestors and stuff and that's kind of how we do it and it sort of runs along that same pattern of you call your ancestors you state your purpose you do your sort of like physical 
uh what's the word like your kind of representation your role play of like the action like what you're doing like are you buffing a military unit are you doing a herb garden are you freezing something um and then you kind of do that say the price has been paid and then kind of round it off that's how i that's how our coven does it i obviously can't i think speak for other covens i like the ritual game uh, in the same way that I am interested in the uh, healer game, where there's a lot of kind of like creativity that you can add to whatever you're doing. Oh, and definitely. it's really interesting to see what different groups, how they approach it and what's possible, because I'm sure my limited imagination is very, very basic. But um, my experience so far with rituals has unfortunately been kind of like the Sunday. It's an hour maybe an hour and a half before timeout you're running around trying to find a referee just so you can do this thing that you should have done it earlier but you didn't get around to it and that's i haven't given the uh like the the time and uh, respect that i think uh, some rituals deserve i mean i yeah sometimes you do have to slip in a cheeky ritual before you go but like i feel like for my group we're already so heavy in the role play playing another species that kind of the rituals kind of come with it and like i've seen some really cool stuff like it's insane like what people do mm-hmm. i mean it, it, you could if you wanted to just sit and read loads of stuff but why why not like why not go really silly with it why not start getting out the vape blood and you know stabbing each other and stuff like that like why not well, just go is, absolutely ham with it this leads me on to another thing actually uh drums um i can't help but think of drums when i think of the orcs like you guys get buck wild with that shit like from the outside it sounds insane sammy take it away this is definitely your territory i mean i love playing on the drums um it's so i mean you can see it when like we will we would do it in the pit whether it be for a ceremony like wedding stuff like that or it's also the fighting is that kind of like a, a call to arms so you know you start playing the drums other orcs are going to hear they're going to come see what's going on um you've also got hitting the drums as loud as you can to make the ancestors hear you um and then also it's just a lot of fun just to beat a drum not gonna lie so yeah <laughs> well you're I also mean... a drum for hire as well aren't you sammy huh you're a drum for hire Oh, that was like the weirdest role play in the world. You're a merc? <laughs> yeah. a merc? Excuse me, he's a paid musician. <laughs> so, the first time was a lot of fun. The second time I was just getting really dodgy looks and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Was I'm that, was, good. that first time it was at uh, Senate Motions, wasn't it? It was, yes. Yeah, was, that, was that when I went as well? Uh, I think you went the second time uh, mm. because I was told by my warlord at the time that I didn't have a choice. And that I needed to play the Senate motions. Uh, I was there for about 10 minutes. Uh, Everyone looked at me like a massive weirdo. And I was like, I'll take my drum and go home now. Was that that the Senate motions after the wedding? I believe so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. All I remember is is, um, Prunk just keep coming out of nowhere with chocolate biscuits while we're trying to dance. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, I just we were dancing and just suddenly a chocolate biscuit would appear. We had uh, Tim Baker on and uh, I didn't ask him about Senate motions and I really wish I had because it's something that I actually kind of want to, not kind of, I really want to attend when I actually get to go to Empire again. Um, Especially if local walks go. It's so funny watching walks trying to do it. It really is. Why? Have you ever have you ever seen people wearing costume that weighs more than them trying to move around a dance floor? Very, no, but I would like to. Very it's magical. Music. 
it sounds uh, it sounds like a really good time. Oh, we should say uh, Senate Motions is a uh, uh, how would you say a dance place where you dance? Um, effectively dance lessons, isn't it? Yeah. They teach you to do like effectively ballroom dancing, I guess. But the people that teach it do actually generally a really good job, and like it's quite enjoyable. Like even from like an out of character experience, it's a lot of fun. It's it's basically if you want to take a character on a date, then oh no then look no further than uh than heading down to some old dancing at the uh, senate motions yeah and you could do what i did and make it your first dance after your wedding even though there is literally no awkward wedding traditions at all you did that your uh, your husband definitely enjoyed that one yeah that's where the chocolate biscuits get coming out if you want actually we can talk about the wedding if you want it's kind of interesting i don't know if people yeah, want to hear go about ahead Absolutely. uh basically uh my character married someone called Pale Richter's Crunk and I don't want to yeah I won't get too into in character about it but basically I think there's been one other orc wedding that I'm aware of and there aren't really any traditions about it so we mm. the, the whole thing kind of was a joke that kind of ended up with a marriage it's a whole long thing <laughs> and we uh kind of decided okay let's let's do it let's get married because there are no wedding orc traditions so let's start one i guess or maybe see what happens yep. so we effectively decided that right it had to be in the pit we were going to involve uh both parts of the character thing so like crunk is a pit fighter so there was pit fighting involved and i do magic and i love curses so there was a curse involved um and how long much... was that how long was the ceremony <laughs> uh, you know what i only think it was about 20 minutes to half an hour if i remember rightly it kind of started off with a speech from a shaman and then we kind of because we didn't want it to be like any actual traditional wedding like it wasn't a sort of what you would see as a normal wedding and we basically did a bit about talking about the union between it was more the two banners rather than the two people mm, and like then a political wedding almost sort of uh kind of it was more about the joining of banners and strengthening bonds rather than like oh we're gonna get married for this reason it was more just like these banners have a good relationship let's kind of solidify that as a symbol um i'm probably gonna get told for saying this now anyway so yeah uh, i mean uh, let's let's uh, be honest it was more along the lines that you and zach are uh, a, a great comedy act together <laughs> oh we are not like, like out of character me yeah. and the person that plays Crunk, our friend's like dynamic duo, 100%. And it would just, and our characters have that same kind of banter and they kind of are friends, but they sort of don't like each other and they always try and beat each other in pit fights and sometimes one will win and sometimes the other will win. But there is sort of that mutual understanding of like, actually, we do really care about each other and it's completely not romantic at all. Yeah, my my husband yeah. is my bants bro. Like, yeah, it's um, not it's not a romantic wedding at all. The characters aren't in love with each other. They just care about each other and the yeah, banner. We, yeah. Me and Callum really enjoy each other's company, and we really like our being with each other. It's a but we might, um, yeah, and it's like we bump it. into each other like three, four times in the weekend, um, and just really have a good time when we see each other and be like, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really good time, and I'm I, I joke around with it, but genuinely, I think having a an icy husband is uh is great. So. Yeah, well, it's definitely given me like more things to role play. Like we did a, a a stag do and a hen do, which was loads of fun. And then the wedding was like a really cool bit of role play, and like a lot of people were there, and like there was fights and curses and lots of stabbing, and it was very sort of like um, oh, words. It was very symbolic of sort of like the nation and like 
we didn't say that's how you had to get married that's just how we got married and like if it became a tradition that would be really cool but then if it didn't it didn't but we just were like oh this is still quite new like orcs can get married there's nothing stopping us just no one's really done it yet so we were like why don't we do it i think this is one of the one of the the nicest things about empire is these little gaps in the law where people can start traditions that um that become a real thing within the game i really i I love that about empire yeah it was definitely one of the highlights of my like role-playing career i think just because so many people were involved it was planned out it was very symbolic there's lots of fun lots of cool fighting and like it's gonna bring obviously this was a e4 if i remember rightly so the last event we had yeah so it's gonna bring so much more into like Aurora's life and like so many more role-playing opportunities and like it just kind of builds on more as a character and like yeah it was cool you should definitely get LARP married it's an experience <laughs> the only thing better than getting LARP married is getting LARP killed um that's the best that's the I recommend it to anyone um I don't I, I feel like I enjoy getting married more but you know each of their own yeah hey. no judgment I know a lot of people that a little bit of death would do them a lot of good just, so just a cheeky bit of death just a little bit not too much but um yeah like uh my friend ian who i do the podcast with he's um he's called down the new kit curse gods like he's just he's asking for so much trouble that um i worry about his safety a lot you know it's uh i mean suck when he dies i love chaos aurora always always will choose the most chaotic option possible this like is true. yeah i don't know i feel like it's not necessarily right it's me and i'm like someone will do something and i'm like what's gonna cause the most chaos or like what's gonna be like the thing that causes like the biggest reaction and i'll do that thing like it might not be the right thing but i'm like hold on this will cause a massive reaction let's do this it's like a child with a giant red button and they're like don't press the button and raw is like i'm gonna press that button and just slams it down yeah but isn't that like like you're saying like it's it's probably part of your personality whenever i try and come up with a character even if they even if they're like totally different from who i am as a person i'll suddenly realize like into a session like in D or a, a larp where i suddenly realize that i am hyper focusing on a certain part of my personality and like processing parts of who i am so it's like uh it's 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 amazing how rp can can really uh um exacerbate certain personality types right <laughs> yeah no definitely and i i love that like Every character I've played has definitely been a different aspect of my personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about um, you, Sam? Um, well, to be, to be fair, like, this is, you know, I've been LARPing a really long time, but this is actually my first ever character. Um, like, because I was always, like, monstering and, and, and behind the scenes. So when I came to Empire, it's my first character. So wow. he, he pretty much, pretty much is me. Like yeah. just with everything turned up a little bit, um, but yeah, then that goes into what we were talking about earlier with wearing a mask and and having that level of anonymity to be able to be super charismatic or be slightly louder than I would most probably normally be, or be slightly aggressive if the term you know I'm I'm a very you know calm chilled out guy, but if yeah, you, you know my character would would go more aggressive in a situation so. I would say, yeah, it's just me turned up to 11, really. Yeah, I, I think that's something so great about it, though, that I think um, RP generally gives you a little bit of a barrier between you and reality that gives you enough wiggle room to really kind of express parts of your personality. This might sound crazy if you're uh, a new LARPer, by the way, when it seems a lot scarier, but that will pass after a, an event or two. Um, and then I think you kind of get a bit of a... 
free reign to to express yourself a bit, you know, in that space. Yeah. Oh, how... Sorry, Sorry Sammy. <laughs> go on, no, you go. I was going to say, how deep can I get with this? As deep as you possibly want to go, yeah. So, really. as I mentioned earlier, I used to suffer really badly with social anxiety, like, really, really badly. And I honestly found, again, just my personal experience, coming to LARP really, really helped me with that, like, so much. And I know it sounds really silly because I was running around with a mask and not showing my face. But since I've started LARP, I've become so much more of a confident person and I have built people skills and learned sort of like how to kind of surpass a lot of the stuff that was going on in my head. And I honestly think for me, LARP has really, really helped me with sort of like a lot of my mental health issues. It got me through some really, really hard times in life. And I know it's a little deep, but, you know, LARP is different to everybody. But for me, it's a very personal thing and it's helped me through so much. Chloe, it's you're not the first person to say that. I I would completely relate to what you're saying. I'm sure Sammy is about to agree as well, right? Like everyone uh, to, to be to be difficult, I'm going to say no. Okay, well, fine. Be, be that guy, Sammy. Um, oh. No, the, no uh, I do agree. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and it's like, but uh, we're always I always try and be careful on the podcast and say like it isn't therapy. It isn't professional help, right? Yeah, so there's right, and there has to be a difference in that thing. So when we talk and we talk often and passionately about like the healing effects and sometimes how um, it can give you a safe space to kind of test your boundaries in, uh, I always say that with a caveat um, that it isn't it, it it isn't that thing, but it yeah, can help not. you. Um, it's uh, it's sort of like obviously like again i will happily talk about this i'm very open about it like i did have to go through a lot of therapy but it was really nice knowing that if i was having a bad week i've got up i've got empire next week or just taking a break as well just from real life for like three days does you wonders and like yeah no it's not a cure-all but it, it's kind of that nice pat on the back that really sort of just helps push everything along if that yeah. makes sense <laughs> uh, absolutely no absolutely yeah. uh, i i think it's i think it, like um the the kind of when i've the way i kind of think about it is it's like when you watch a i think that an extreme example extreme example an example would be if you watch a horror movie and you like why would people want to watch a horror movie um where you are simulating being scared um i think watching a horror movie you know despite how scared you can get sitting on the couch that no one's actually going to go and stab you right but um, it kind of helps you process fear in some way. Mm -hmm. And I think RP does something similar where you can RP situations, interactions, intense moments, um, and, and really kind of like learn a lot about yourself. And that, that it doesn't necessarily mean it's always all good. Um, specifically one time there was an opportunity for me to step up and take a position of uh, like uh, to become a sergeant in a, a squad for a battle. And I completely hesitated and froze. And it's so unlike my personality to do that. But it really, even that, which I would consider to be a loss, was incredibly educational and, and taught me a lot about how I am outside of LARP, right? Because um, that's still part of my personality. And I, it kind of it was a nice little opportunity to be like, huh, I did hesitate then. Why did I do that? Do I do that in other things? And then it kind of just gave me a little pat on the back to kind of go forward and be a little bit more confident in other ways, you know? I love that. I actually think that is the perfect explanation. And I love that. And it's it's interesting because uh, a lot of people don't get laugh or might think, oh, it's a little, how, how can it be that deep? But I feel like when you get into it, like it really can have that kind of deep, meaningful impact on your life. Yeah. I love it. 
RP is only weird until you do it, and then suddenly it's like. <laughs> oh, it's still else. weird, but it's like the good kind of weird, which is my vibe. So. <laughs> yeah, but it makes you like bore down deeper into it. it like I'm, um, we're gonna start a. Uh, I, I, I probably yeah, I'll, I'll say we're we're starting a new roleplay podcast, and um, yeah, I'm going on a hard out like really deep dive into RP at the moment, and I'm just I just I'm itching to get back into LARP. So I can use some of the stuff that I've learned over this process on the field. Like, I cannot wait to try and be more character and less Dave. Or at least, I, you know, I love that. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sammy, how do you feel about um, your relationship with your character? Like, uh, <laughs> like, what if something happened to your character, Sammy? How would you feel about that? Um... So my so my character like I I've gone on like record because obviously like with like the YouTube channel and stuff like that and other interviews when all people have asked me like I've gone in very detail like my character is kind of is achieved the goals that I always wanted as a child like I am like seen as like a fighting champion and this that and the other um, if he was to for example die at the next event. I I reckon it would suck, but uh, because of my years of doing monstering and stuff like that, I never, I don't think I have that attachment uh, where a lot of other Oof. people would do. Careful, uh, Sammy. This will be this will be a very interesting conversation to have if your character takes a uh, hitman. I think that would be okay. fascinating to see a before and after. <laughs> um, but it's it's that thing of like if you know if he goes like it is going to suck because I've enjoyed tremendously the time i've had playing ball and the people i've met and having to restart is gonna suck you have um, do you have a second character in mind no not no. really because oh. the the idea is that if if i do go like i've thought about this if like if i do go I'm gonna stop take a deep breath and then just pick what i want to do next mm -hmm. because you know there is so much of this game i haven't played yet and yeah, I would think, you would you go for a nation change, or are you would you stay in York? Do you think? I think I'm. I would stay where I am. Yeah. Because I have so many strong connections on a an out of character level with all of the people in the Orcs. Like I've become really good friends. I mean, Chloe is a a prime example. <laughs> um, I have a group chat with Chloe and our other friend Zach that we pretty much talk talk to every day or yeah. we'll post some stupid meme or something like that uh and i wouldn't really want to be too far away because i enjoy the role play with them um mm -hmm. but i would just pick another part of the game that i've never done before and just go right let's let's try and make some magic there and see what happens. yeah the the orcs certainly do seem like a pretty tight-knit bunch of people like i'm i'm a very anti-club type person like i'm i'm not a joiner of groups but weirdly, I've kind of sleeper-wayed my way into joining groups at Empire that I'm extremely happy to be part of. And I am part of group chats, like you said, which is very unlike me usually. Um, would this be a good segue to talk about like how close the nation is and why it works, potentially? Go for it. Yeah, I mean, a good example. I was like this weird little kid that kind of just turned up and was like, I want to be one of you guys. And I basically just accepted with open arms. And I think one of the things that 
makes the role playing of the orcs. I mean, the orcs are very are much sort of about sort of like bonding and being together and sort of there's a lot of things about like and I don't want this to sound wrong, like physical touch. So like putting heads together is quite a big thing or sort of holding hands in like a platonic way. Like there's a very big feeling of closeness. And I feel like the reason that works so well is actually out of character. Like we're all really good friends of each other. We all hang out all the time and we're sort of got each other's back when things go wrong. And I think that kind of close knit relationship. And the thing is as well, like it's not just little groups. It's you're part of the nation. You're part of the friendship group. Come hang out with us. Like you're part of one of us now. Like you're, we've got your back. Like you're our friend now. And I think that really, really helps with like the role playing side of it as well. It's like we all care about each other so much outside of the game. The inside of the game it just gets amplified. I mean, that's how I feel. I don't know if you feel the same way, Sammy, but I think that's definitely how I felt coming in. I mean, I just hate everyone. So. Oh my God! So why do you have to ruin it for everybody? <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, no, no, I, I, I do agree. Like, obviously, people are going to disagree from time to time. Yeah, but that's just humans. That's just you know human natures. But yeah. everyone, everyone looks after everyone because they because they know how hard it is. And this isn't. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm sitting here going playing an orc is the hardest thing in the world. Because hey, look, we all have different coping levels of what we're able to handle. Um, but I think everyone in the Orcs knows the, what the other person's feeling, you know, with that, you know, being really run down because you're having to wear a mask and all that heavy stuff all of the time. So people can em- empathize with you. And I think on that empathy level, people start to build friendships, um, you know, and you you look at it when, you know, I'm not sure if other nations do it, but on like a Thursday night. Uh, I was really blown away when I first started, but on a Thursday night, everyone went out for pizza. It's mm-hmm. like Thursday's the best day, by the way. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yes, it's, 100%. It's such a good... I, I will always intend on going on the Thursday every time I attend an Empire yeah. event. Um, yeah, yeah I think, that, I think oh. that bond is... like I'm not saying it doesn't exist in other nations. I think it can definitely be stronger in smaller nations. Because yeah. it feels more fractured in the larger nations. Like we have a banner in our group that is probably half the size of the Orc Nation, oh, right? Wow. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like that's it's an entire. So that's my mini nation within a nation, right? Like I don't know everyone in my banner extremely well, but I know my striding incredibly well. I'm sure it's very similar in the Orcs, where you have an understanding of the wider nation and then smaller, closer bonds within it. You know? Yeah, I mean, I would most probably recognize everyone in the nation by face you know their their normal face because obviously we see each other all of thursday and sunday and and stuff like that so you kind of know know each other like that uh, i don't think we're at that point as a nation yet where you're lost in the crowd like mm-hmm. everyone knows everyone to a certain level yeah so it's just that chance of being a small nation you're being able to make those connections not obviously not saying being in a big nation is bad but it you know, for the answer of this question, being in a smaller nation does allow you to build up those friendships. Um, maybe we should kind of go into if you're a new player and you want to approach um, playing an orc, is there a kind of like checklist that you could maybe go through um, some words of advice and uh, how you can get from noob to field, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, honestly, uh, there is a Facebook group, obviously, uh, through. Uh, through Empire for the Imperial Orcs. Um, all of the information on the different types of banners are there for people to look through. And obviously every banner is going to have a different feel, a different motif as such. Um, so... Very nice. Sorry, go on. 
That was a very nice uh, use of language there. Very impressive. I know, right? I'm trying my best today. Uh, it shows. I, it really does show. I, I got out my dictionary and I picked. It. <laughs> Yay! Um, no, it's uh, yeah. There's just it's there's so much stuff there to choose from, and it's worth before building up this massive story in your head. It's best to work out where you're going to go first, uh, and I would suggest before buying stuff as well, work out where you're going to go, and then start building the kit up from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the... I was just going to say, just to add on to that, uh, your kit will very much depend on what banner you go with. It's not like most nations where it's like you have a nation thing. It's like your banner is what dependent on what your kit's going to look like. So if you do decide to join a banner or start your own banner, it's really important. So I'd say finding your banner or deciding to start a new one because you can do that is quite important. Hold on. So does that mean that you are kind of encouraged to join existing groups when you first join or set up your own group is that kind of because that dictates your dress is that basically what you're saying yeah i i might this might be wrong it might be my brain having a moment i'm pretty sure you want to be in a legion because orcs that aren't in legions are not sort of seen very positively and that's fine if you've been role playing for a while and you want to do that but if you're coming into larp very very new and you may you know be new may kind of need a little bit of help which is fine everybody needs help i would suggest joining a banner because they'll be able to sort of help you with a lot of that stuff which is what happened to me i joined the blood crows because i was still very new to role play and i was like i'm gonna need a bit of help i couldn't start my banner or not even be in a banner because i just have no idea what to do i think that's really uh, i think it's interesting like uh it's probably part of your character creation screen i'm guessing uh yeah yeah, yeah they're, a, all, they're all kind of individual, aren't they? So it's hard to tell. Yeah, they're all individual. They've all kind of like it's a different color scheme. Like, you know, the Ashborn, uh, the OG Ashborn, should I say, uh, not the Navarre ones. Um, we're green, and uh, Chloe's uh, Blood Crow, uh, they are brown. I believe the term is shit brown. Well, I'll but yes, what... brown. I was trying to be polite, you see. Yeah, well, I'm going to say it how it is. Oh, all right, cool. Um, and then you've got people uh, like the Iron Tide, that's more of a red. Obviously, you have the red hands that are red as well. Uh, <laughs> you'll have uh, all these different groups, and they've all got like significant colours and stuff like that. So it's definitely something to look into. And obviously, you can't really buy Orc kit off the shelf. Oh, no. no, I was going to say, like, it feels... Um, I remember I spoke to Matt about this, who's also on the Orcs Planet, um, the wonderful YouTube uh, channel, um, about how... Thank you. Thank you for the plug. Yeah, we didn't actually plug on this episode. Yeah, well, there's a, there'll be a link in the description, the Orcs Planet. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, then you're probably aware of them, but that's what Sammy does, and it's a it's a really great resource. And, and one of our kind of, like, our closest peer friends it's yeah there's a big big love fest between the two uh, the... we refer to it as like the weird avengers yeah <laughs> yeah the... oh my god the love avengers oh i hate i hate it i hate it i hate it i'm not <laughs> i don't want to be involved at all i want to retract my i'll be um too late, buddy too late who's uh who wants to get out of the uh, avengers the most uh i'll be captain america oh god no oh god no sammy no <laughs> no sammy. Deeper deeper. Oh, i hate it shut up mouth um oh uh, you know, you've got ask, you've got <laughs> we'll never you've recover got, yeah. <laughs> you've got us 
you've got you, you've got Hefty, Hefty, Yeti, and yeah. obviously like like my like the channel that we run. Uh, obviously, you've got Chloe who's done so much work for us as well. So there's a there's another backstory character from the Marvel universe that Chloe can come into play. She's going to uh, get her own spin-off series soon on yeah. Disney Plus. So okay, um, can I be Loki? Because I'm loving the series can. right now, and of he is just can. beautiful. So I'm I don't him. know. It's like Ian is a shifty bastard, so uh, he he could definitely give you a run for money on that front. Um, oh. God, oh Sammy, why? Um, it's fine. Don't worry. I'm waiting for someone to actually like mock up a fake T-shirt of it. That's that's when you know we've made it. <laughs> What's this? Yeah. You need a fake T-shirt making. Oh, is there go. anything? Is there anything worse than a LARP celebrity? Like, is there anything? Oh, it's I the uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, God, let's move on. Orcs. Um, we were talking about Kit. I might be able to say something. Yeah. Oh, let's yeah. talk about Kit because yeah. Like, yes. how do you? How did you source your kit, Chloe? And how do you approach it? Well, I, uh, oh, I got to put this out on the internet. I used to be a cosplayer um, and I kind of got into LARP through cosplay. And so I was already pretty nifty with like a sewing machine and stuff like that. Um, and I started LARPing when I was a student. So I also had absolutely no money at all. So I just made all of my kit. <laughs> um, but it's never that easy. Normally, uh, I, I think a cosplay is one of those uh, Venn diagram hobbies that kind of like leads into LARP. Yeah. Um, like, and there, there's a whole bunch of them, like airsoft, reenactors, cosplay. But cosplayers come into the hobby with this huge wealth of knowledge about how to take something from their head or an image and try and make it into reality, which is uh, a huge advantage on a lot of yeah. us who don't know anything about it. I'm really lucky that I knew how to make my kit. Otherwise, like I would have had to have gone to. I mean, they're saying that there's so many talented people in the orcs. Like, there's loads of people you can go to if you yeah. want kit. But I honestly do say try and make it yourself. If it's rubbish, the first attempt, it's rubbish. But you still made it yourself, and actually, it probably isn't look as rubbish as you think it does. I, I am think... a massive ad for, ad advocate for people making their own kit. I think everyone should give it a go. Yeah, because I think um, don't orcs mend a lot of their clothes as yeah. well or make their own clothes? And I remember talking to yeah. Matt about it because he he had done something by hand, some stitching or something. And I said, wow, that's like, it's a cool idea because you're kind of spending that time. So you're almost getting to know your own character better by performing the actions that they're performing in your downtime. I found that like a really interesting idea. Yeah. actually how i basically made my kit i had an idea of how i wanted it to look in my head and i was like i'm gonna do this how i think aurora would do this so it is on purposely really rubbishly stitched together it um is kind of covered in tat because she loves tat <laughs> i have a staff that i talk to called debbie who's my wife and i kind of was like right how would a at the time 19 year old orc make or mend or repair all of this stuff well not very well because she's young and she doesn't really know what she's doing and that's kind of how i approach my kit so my kit effectively is a big old war skirt it's probably like the length of my legs because i am about five foot tall a what i call the war dress it's just a dress made of rags but it's the war dress that kind of goes on then you get the war skirt on and then i've got like a little waistcoat that's all just made from like really badly sewn together bits of leather and then a shawl also made from badly stitched leather with loads of like strips of leather and just stuff hanging off of it. And my kit's sort of very flowy and this sort of stuff going everywhere. It's a bit chaotic. I think what you just said then is like a really good approach to orc kit, which is 
weathering and like it not yeah. being pristine is totally fine in fact it helps and layers layer upon layer upon layer of different yeah. stuff yeah no especially like i i think as well like when you're making your kit you want to be able to be really really warm in it and also really really cool in it because like it fits like 20 degrees and you're wearing orc kit my goodness you are going to turn into a river but also the flip side when it gets cold you want to be able to put things underneath or over to the top of your kit um, which is something that I didn't learn for ages. <laughs> so I've definitely make sure you can make sure your kit's like maybe adjustable. So like belts, uh, like kind of string tie fronts are quite good. So you can put more layers underneath and stuff like that. I think as well, the more layers you do, the sort of more kind of lived in and authentic and worn it looks. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would like just to say for the record, uh, Chloe is massively downplaying their kit. Their yes. kit is actually amazing. Um, uh, especially since you've made all your alterations and stuff like that like honestly it is one of the best kits out there it's incredible uh, and it really looks the part like it's oh. in fact in fact remind me and i'll post some pictures on the uh larp noobs facebook page um so if you want to come and look at them there then uh, if that's all right with you chloe yeah yeah there are slightly older photos my kit looks slightly different now just due to like um the weight loss stuff so i had to make my kit quite a lot smaller so it looks a bit different but yeah happily showing my kit off and that was very yeah, nice to say sammy thank you yeah i don't want to get... seem like too about it i think i think this is funny though people are very uh can be very bashful about their kit or can't see how good their kit is sometimes and um yeah i think it's uh, i i think what's cool about someone with really good kit is there's obviously for the person that is wearing it it it's a good guide to help you get into rp if you're if you're dressed in all the garb but for other people like you're just making the world like a more immersive enjoyable place right and um to be clear that doesn't mean that if you're if you're insecure about your kit if you feel that it isn't up to a par don't worry about it like um yeah it's completely fine just enjoy other people's kit no one's judging you for yours you know and if they are judging you send them my way and i'll give them a good talent off because they shouldn't be judging your kit because it's not up yes. to them. Well, let's, you... let's, uh, let's get that right. It's Debbie. It will be tough. Yeah, yeah, Debbie. Debbie will give you a right or telling off. We don't yeah. do that. I think if someone has gone and spent ages making their war skirt and it looks good, it looks good. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, you know. And you're allowed to also not like your own kit. That's totally fine, too. Yeah. The biggest thing I'm going to say, though, is you will always be fixing and adding stuff to your kit and like it's going to be like a revolving door so like you'll make one thing and then you'll make another thing and then before you know it, your kit's completely changed i think your kit evolves with you and your character as well so yeah, hugely hugely i find um like we we mentioned this on a previous episode talking about gift giving and gift receiving can often help with your kit like um matt gave me a uh, pendant right so um, I now wear that all the time and I remember I walked up to the orc camp and I was by myself which is a big no-no when you're approaching the camp and you're yeah. a human and they said to me what are you doing here and I said I'm here to see Skywise Fell and they went um you know by yourself and I went what's he to you and I said well he's the man that gave me this and I held up the pendant and then suddenly they were like totally cool with me it was like the best moment <laughs> it I was like I'm really cool like... That probably was me being like, excuse me, mate, or what do you think you're doing? I'm always uh, on the orcs, like, kicking I'm, off at the gate. I'm very used to it now, having, like, a, a couple of contacts in the orc camp. I haven't really been in that much, but, like, I, I'm very much used to having some bants with the uh, the, the doorkeepers. It's, uh, yeah, I, I like it. That, that might be quite a good thing to talk about, actually, is, like, the orc camp. 
Yes, it's a character in its own right, right? Oh my god, I mean, I don't know, Simon, I'm going to let you start this one because I've spoken quite a lot. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, well, I mean, the old camp itself, yeah. I mean, it's you've got, you. not only do you have the pit, you have the herb garden that's there, then you have all of the the banners kind of camped around the centre of the fire pit, um, that, to be fair, most evenings you will find some drunk orcs singing sea shanties and stuff like that um and yeah it, it really is a character i mean when i first uh came to empire there was all these stories of like oh humans aren't allowed in unless they've got two people with them humans aren't allowed in if they've got weapon it was all of these like mysterious unwritten rules and it was just like what's going on and then when you actually get there and people actually inform you of what the situation is you're like oh well, that makes sense. I get that now. So, yeah, it is a character within itself. Yeah, I think as well, like, there's certain people who I don't know if I'm going to say their names, I don't know if they're okay with it, who put so much effort into the upkeep of the camp and are the unsung heroes of the orc camp. And they put a lot of work in. I mean, they built loads of furniture for us as well when they go in a few days before and they make sure everything's tidy. And so, like, the camp is definitely kept up by a few sort of people who are sort of the unsung heroes and they sort of do a lot of the set dressing and it just that little bit of attention to detail really like brings this camp together and it makes it feel so real like yeah, i think i think you're right it feels like a like you're walking into a a living space right yeah. like there's the details are uh they're practical they're aesthetically pleasing they're like it's just a really nice um mixture of like uh decor and design that really works and adds to the whole flow of the camp right because in a kind of big circle isn't it am i right in saying that? uh yeah it, i mean it's kind of starting to leak down the back a bit because also we're getting more players but it does have like a main sort of big Chloe, that is a bitch. Chloe, that's the worst description ever leaking out the back <laughs> of it is <laughs> not Okay, hear me out, right? So it is the back of the camp, and it's going down a hill, and so it is leaking out. All right, I feel like that was a perfectly uh, is it, is it, it. It's your mind that turning it into something else. I Chloe, is it is it leaking out the back a bit back a bit towards <laughs> where the toilets are? Is that where? It no, is? it's more towards where the Navara, so basically oh. the same thing. Ooh, wow! <laughs> I'm wow. so sorry. That was so mean. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we we did so well, Chloe. We got. I was really an hour and a half enjoying this, podcast. and now <laughs> you've ruined it, Chloe. <laughs> okay, I gave it for a good time, not a long time. You're um, like now I'm like all the Navara, like get her, Dave, get her. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like I don't want to do that. It's gonna be mean, so I'm gonna let that pass. I'm gonna be the, also like I'm not gonna lie, like I would not Navarra. mess with Aurora and Debbie. Like those two are a force to be reckoned with. So, also, I should warn you that I regularly get offered by people to, like, is there anyone that you want murdered? And I'm like, no, no, there isn't. Well, if, if there ever is, you know, <laughs> no, I don't want anyone to die. That's like a regular conversation I have with people in Navarre. It's, and it's then you slide good. them over a note and you're like, but this guy, Gary, screw this yeah. guy. This guy, hey. Gary. Here's a list. Here's a list of here's a list of guests I had on the podcast that need uh, that need doing in. So uh, it's just Gary. It's always Gary. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Right. Um, right. We're gonna. Yes. Yes. We are. We're gonna end it there. Um, because we're getting towards the end of our time, or at least the imaginary time that I put on these episodes. Um, is there anything that you wanted to maybe mention before we closed out on on being an orc or any anything else? 
Uh, it's pretty mint. Not gonna lie. Uh, I, I think this is probably for more someone who's never been to Empire. And if you want to play an orb, I would say definitely jump on the Facebook and chat to people. And I say if you already are at Empire and you want to become an orc, Thursday night, please come and talk to us. We're a really friendly bunch. We will be able to help you. And I'm really honest, the orc camp is probably one of the most helpful groups people I've ever bumped into. There'll be someone that can help you with probably anything like kit, mask, law. You want to join a banner? Just come along and say hi. We're, we might look really scary, but we're generally a quite friendly bunch. Apart from Sammy, he's weird and smells funny. Stay away from him. Yeah, it's it's not my fault. I was brought up in North London. What can I say? I was brought up in West London. What's the point? Yeah, all right, fair enough. Is there any uh, call and answer things uh, that you do um, that we could maybe close out the episode with? Um... Okay, good. Um, well, <laughs> no, I'd like I to say thank you very much, Chloe, for coming on. And also thank you, Tony Stark, for being on the podcast as well. We really appreciate both of you being here. So, oh, Thank you for having us. It's been so much fun. I'm Tony Stark now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much for having us, uh, mate. It has been lovely to finally get in on one of your episodes and be a part of this fantastic. Uh, I know. Scene. I didn't want to make you feel like we were mi missing you off, Sammy, because I really I love know. your videos on the Orcs Planet, dude. So uh, you've done, keep up you've the done good everyone, work. You've done everyone else of, on the planet. Uh, yeah. Now you're just left with uh, with me and Chloe, really. Well, you know what they say: best till last. Exactly. Well, uh, no, I think I think the last one we're going to do is Navarre, which will be the best till last. Second um, best till last. And um, best till second last. Uh, the uh, I am absolutely bricking it because uh, I definitely need to do my research on my own nation. It's been really nice grilling everyone else on it, but now it's coming to crunch time. It's not good. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, thanks again, guys, uh, and uh, we'll see you again next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Went out and jumped in the nick of time. Where are the others? Hey, over here! Hide quickly before they see you! Everyone okay? No! Thanks to you three. Who knows what would have happened if you hadn't come? Don't be scared, Ada. Daddy's here. Father, I'm fine. What are we going to do now? Aye. What's your master plan? Hmm. Plan? Well, I can only think of one place that might be safe. Hmm. Follow me.